it's all based on this little sticky note that says two simple words on it, keep moving. And so we're spending a few weeks, uh, to be honest, I, I was hoping I could do this series like a year from now, because uh, it's just, it's just hard. I've been sharing with uh, my family members about it, talking, Laura and I, it's just, um, I don't know how to explain it, it's just hard. Um, when you go through a dark valley, uh, when you've been broken as far as you can be broken and you've gone through the darkest that anything in your life can get, where there is barely any light, it can really mess you up. And um, But God said, no, I want you to preach it now. And I'm glad I am because uh, I've never gotten so many emails, so many texts, um, so many conversations that I've had of people who God is using these two simple words to restore you. Uh, to redeem what has happened in your life, to give you a little bit of hope to keep moving. So that's what I hope this series is about. Go to Luke chapter 1. That's where we're going to be. Luke chapter 1, an amazing Mother's Day story. Uh, While you're looking that up, uh, let me just say this. If you're new, I don't even think I said, uh, if you're new, I'm sorry, my name's Brad, and I'm the pastor. I guess I should have said that. Uh, And if I didn't get to say hi to you earlier, then thanks for coming, but come meet Laura and I. We'll be back by the front door. In fact, we're here as long as you need us. So if you're a regular, and I know you're going through some stuff, and you can write that on a next step card. You got prayer requests, write it on the next step card. You, you're ready to get baptized, write it on the next step card. Whatever that is in your life, but I realize some of that, you're just like, man, I, I don't know where to take this. I want you to know this in this series. Laura and I are here for you. We'll sit down with coffee with you. I'll make time in my schedule in these next four weeks. I, I mean, I can't go to coffee with 400 people in, in one week, but we'll, we'll get you on there. And I want to make sure that, that you get the help that you need. We'll get you to some people that can walk with you. Um, I, I just don't want you to walk alone in whatever it is that you are, are dealing with in your life. So if we can help you in any way, let us, let us do that. Luke chapter 1, great Mother's Day story. So um, shout out to the moms. And Look at Cooper Darnell right there. Cooper and Abby Parsons got engaged yesterday. Got engaged. Come on, people. You, you know how I you know how I know they just got engaged? He's the only one that's got his arm around her. Like everybody else, like we're every guy in this place, you put your arm around your wife if you're near her or the person that you came with that you love, put your arm around her right now. You don't want to be shown up in this moment, okay? Don't let that young guy steal that from you, all right? You're going to learn, Cooper. You're going to learn, my friend. Man, I cannot. Wow. All right. So this is a great Mother's Day story, though. Fantastic Mother's Day. So you guys are awesome, by the way. You guys, I watched this two grow up. Man, I just watched uh, Abby. Laura got to watch Abby when she was like a year old. She was like this tall, and she's a year to like, till she was like three little toddler running around my house, and I remember I come home in the afternoon and she had that little curly black hair. And where's Gina at? Is Gina? Oh, oh, you're right. Oh, I'm sorry, Gina. You're right next to Tall Cooper. That's why I didn't see you. Sorry. But remember those days? And and I remember I would tell Laura because she was the cutest thing I ever saw in my life. I'm not kidding you. I was like, where? How do you get one of these? And and. I was like, I know how you get one of these, by the way. And and but I was like, you know, there's no guarantee. So we went out and adopted. That's what we did get that. And then I, I, Cooper has grown up in this church, literally grown up in this church. And I remember when he used to run around in, in the uh, preschool department. And man, I'm proud of you too, man. Serving Jesus in the house of God, loving him. That's the way it should be. 
If I could give you any marriage advice, any marriage counseling, just, just keep Jesus, just keep Jesus at the forefront. You keep Jesus at the forefront, Cooper, your marriage is going, you're going to be celebrating a, a, a golden anniversary. Abby, you keep Jesus at the front of your marriage, you're going to never lose that smile. That smile is never going to go off your face as long as you keep Jesus in the forefront. All right, now let's get to what I was going to talk about. That's good preaching, though, right there. That is good preaching. All right, so um, this is a great Mother's Day story. Uh, Luke chapter 1. So Zachariah and Elizabeth. Zachariah is a priest in the temple. His wife and him are, are from a priestly line. And in verse 6, it says, Zachariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. Here's the bad news. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. So one day, uh, Zach, is, he's uh, serving God in, in the temple, so he's in there, and go to verse 11. While he was in, in uh, doing the prayers, it says, while he was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was, was shaken, and he was, he was afraid, and he was overwhelmed, with fear, uh, but the angel said this, don't be afraid, Zechariah, God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, is going to give you a son, and you are to name him John. So Zechariah then has this conversation with the angel, and, and uh, going back and forth, and I'm old, how's this going to happen, yada, 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 and, and then fast forward to verse 23. In verse 23, it says, when Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, went into seclusion for five months. Listen to the words of this beautiful lady. She said, how kind the Lord is. How kind the Lord is. Our God is a kind God. He loves you more than you can imagine. He wants good for you more than you could ever imagine. He loves you. He is kind. He is good. I haven't even started preaching yet, and I am preaching up in here. Listen to this. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. What an amazing Mother's Day. Today, I want to talk to you about waiting on God, waiting on God. I'm going to pray, and then you can be seated. Father, thank you for this moment we have to share in your word and share in the hope of Scripture. We ask that your spirit would breathe hope across this place today. And all right, church, I don't know where you're at. What is it you're dealing with? What's your struggle right now in this moment? Just give it to God. All right, God, I'm here. What do you need from me? And God, I pray that you would give back to me. So I'm going to give to you, God, my time and my attention. And then, God, I'm trusting that you're going to fill me up. And if you're ready to hear from God's word, give me a big amen. Amen. So if you were not here last week, I'm going to give you, catch you up to speed um, on what the series is about. Uh, you can go back and listen to the podcast, so I, I won't belabor the point. But just needless to say, I, my family and I had been in a, a very, very dark season. Uh, we were blindsided, and uh, we went into just a tailspin. It's the only way I know how to say it. And then we had another uh, crisis on top of a crisis, <laughs> and we got about as far as we could go, and I, as I said last week, I, I could, wasn't sleeping, and I went in, and I was sitting on the bathroom floor, just broken, and, and I looked up, and I saw, this is the actual sticky note, by the way, uh, I saw these two words, keep moving, 
keep moving, and it changed everything for me. It became um, kind of an anthem and, and the flag that Laura and I would wave, and we would just look each other in the eyes, and we'd say, keep moving. So what today I want to do, because it's Mother's Day, I, I thought it'd be good uh, to have a mom share and for you guys to hear the other side of the story from the person who actually wrote those two words. So will you give Laura some love as she comes up to share with us? So she's the reluctant speaker. She, um, I, I really tricked her into sharing. I really tricked her into this because I was like, hey, I want you to share on Mother's Day about uh, three months ago. She says, nope, not going to do it. Cool. And so then last week, I just kind of said, oh, I need your help. And we'll, we'll do this together. And she has said yes. I don't think so. he listens to me because I told him no. And why am I in this chair? Because you have an amazing, you need to hear I mean, you heard why, what I saw, but what I, what I want you to hear and what I want you to share is the other side of that story, because yeah. you're the one yeah. that wrote those two words. Well, and um, that night specifically uh, was a really dark night for me, and so when Brad described just now, like, his feelings of anguish, um, that was the... That was my story, too. We kind of had a lot of the same things going on in our, just our heart and our mind. And so I had tried to sleep that night, that first part of the night. And um, I was just so uh, overwhelmed uh, with stress and overwhelmed with um, how do I move from here? What I, I just had no peace. And... I, I just couldn't, um, there was just, I just wasn't making it. And so I was, you know, hence the sitting on the bathroom floor, I mean, is usually not a good day. But, um, <laughs> but um, I, I just began to really ask God, God, you got, I don't really, I wasn't asking if I'm honest. I was just telling God, God, you got to give me something. You've got to give me something. Like, I, I can't even breathe here, you know. And um, I just kept coming back up to God and just saying, God, I, I, you know, I think a thought, and it wouldn't really help. And, and I was doing everything that had worked in the past. Nothing's really working. And all of a sudden, in the stillness, it was like God just spoke, and he said, those words keep moving. And the minute I heard them, it was like, that's it. That's what I've been begging God for was something. Just give me something, God. I need to move off of this point, and I can't move. And... um so when he did that, I wrote it down on a, a post-it, and I put it on my bathroom uh, counter because I'm, I'm a night owl. And so when I wake up in the morning, I can't, <laughs> I can't really do anything. I'm, I'm stumbling around. And so I wanted to be able to see that, like look at it and go, that's right. That's what God said last night. And so I really wrote it for myself and, and a little bit for you. I wanted you to see it, but... Um, 
It was just so that I would see it and be reminded of the hope that he had given me the night before in all that darkness. So there, there are, all of us have these moments. We have these times where you're facing an overwhelming situation mm-hmm. and it's unresolved. Yeah. And you don't know when or even if it's going to be resolved. Yeah, and it's almost like it's like this neutral zone um, where it's like you're too far from the beginning to even go back, and a lot of times you don't want to go back, but you're, you're not far enough in to see the hope yet, and it's kind of an ick place. It's this neutral. It's like being and, in the wilderness. Exactly, and for some people, you're in this um, neutral zone where nothing you do is going to change it. Like, if you could, you would be like, oh, I'll just muscle in here and I'll make this different. But for us and for a lot of you guys, there's nothing you can do to bring resolution to this crisis. For some of you, it's this idea that you you were like, I'm going to get out of debt. I'm doing this. Yeah. And it's you're still in debt. Yeah. Am I ever... Am I ever going to get over this? Or maybe it's, it's something, maybe it's your marriage. Like you, you, want, you want your reconciliation in your marriage. You want your marriage to work. You want it to be a happy day. And, and it just, you can't go back because you, you can't undo it. You already did the yeah. vow, so you can't undo it. But there, it just seems like there's just so far to no go. No hope for a really good relationship. You know, and for some of you, you're like, I want a really good relationship with my kids. And maybe they're, they're, they're young or they're grown. And yet you go and you have this time with them and, it, and it's not good. Sometimes, sometimes it's something that your kid is involved in or something that's happened to your kids. Last week I shared about that, that there's a family, their eight-year-old daughter Eight years old, she's mm. been inflicted with this disease that, like, only 800 people in the entire world have it. They're, they're, they don't know what they're going to do. And I, I saw the mom and the dad, and I saw that look. Like, is this ever going to end? Yeah. Is it, we, we prayed the prayer. Like, some of you, maybe it's an addiction. Oh, it just keeps rearing its head. Thought I conquered it. Thought I was over with. Or maybe it's something from way back here in, in, in your past something that you did or something that happened to you and you just you just think is it am i ever is this ever going to get resolved yeah. in my life or maybe it's a ministry you maybe it's just a dream that you say god is that something good and you're like yeah and you're pushing you're moving forward and it's just not happening but today we're going to talk about a couple in scripture that had longed to have something but they'd have almost a lifetime of really unanswered prayers on it, and it's found in Luke. So here's what I want you to do before we go to Luke. I want you to grab in your chair back are some message notes, and I want you to pull those out. If you're on the front row, they're in the baskets, and on those message notes is a yellow sticky note. And we did this last week, and so we're going to do it again this week. I want you to, everybody to do this together. And it, it, it would mean a lot to Laura and I if everybody would do this. And we saw everybody <laughs> reaching forward. And I want you to write down those two simple words, keep mm-hmm. moving. Keep moving. Now, I know for some of you, you're like, but uh, I, my life's not, it's not that big deal. Okay, so maybe that's where you're at. I said this last week. Let me say it again this week, okay? You need to write down these words, get ready. 
get ready. Because crisis and struggle and problems and heartache and brokenness come to all of us. And so this is where Zechariah and this is where Elizabeth find themselves. They were waiting a lifetime on a dream to come true. Yeah. Luke 1.6 says, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. So say that word with me, unable. Unable. Come on, say it one more time. Unable. Say it like you really mean it, like you're just going through it and you just feel unable. Can you say it with me? Unable. Unable. I mean, this is where they're, I mean, they're way beyond childbearing years, okay? This dream has passed them by a long time ago, and there are times where all of us feel like Zachariah and Elizabeth. We feel unable to keep moving. Yeah, and then we start to think, well, you know, I guess this was meant to be, you know. We have, we have all these different ways we say it, right? But it's just like discouragement, you know. It's like, well, I guess it wasn't supposed to work out that way. That's kind of how we're like, you know, making it right in our mind. Yeah, I mean, you'll say things like, talked about debt. Like, you're like, I'm getting out of debt. And the bills keep rolling in, and you're looking at your, your register, and, and and it's not going down, it's, 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 it's going up. And you're like, well, I, I guess this is how it's always going to be. I guess this is just our, our new normal. Or, yeah. or, or it's your child. You're wanting something for your, for your child. Moms, you want good for your kids. Every mom wants good for their kid, right? Yeah. Every mom, amen, yeah. moms? Amen. You want good for your children. Yeah. You want good for them, right? And so you're yeah. pouring into them, whether they're 2 or they're 22, and you're like, hey, man, you want good for them. And you're like, well, I... So I guess hard. they're always going to, I guess this is never going to ever change. Yeah, because it, it's so hard because you feel like that you're having to settle, and sometimes we just do it, right? We just, we're almost submissive to it, or like, well, you know, it's our new normal. We'll just settle for it. This is the best it's going to get, you know? Um, I know how that feels. I deal with um, back and hip pain every day. And that feeling of uh, settling, you know, tries to come in. And I always want to be really careful that I don't let that settle in. Um, when I was a little girl, um, I was hit by a car, and um, it cracked my hip, threw me against a curb 15 feet, and smashed my face. And uh, I was about six months in a wheelchair before I could actually get out of the house and get out of the wheelchair. Um, was able to actually then start walking with crutches, and then get back on my feet. Um, and really, you know, probably a little bit in high school kind of bothered me, a little bit in my 20s. But it wasn't till about 2006 when I had a three years in a row of breaking, breaking my foot, three years in a row. And then coming out of that, 2011, that's when the chronic back and hip pain uh, seven years ago, and so every day I have to figure out a way to get out of bed. I have to figure out a way that mentally I'm going to be stronger than what my physical body is. And so I try, I mean, I think that we had that core community 
Last year, for those of you that didn't come, I, I shared about, hey, this could be like your best day ever. And you want to be careful that you don't miss it because you are settling or you're overwhelmed. And that's why I did that, because I try to come up with different ways I'm going to fight against that, that feeling of being, of settling and letting that new normal. And uh, so that's where you may not be dealing with like physical pain like I do, but you may be with emotional pain. Or maybe it's just this, you're trying to walk out this like good life, but someone keeps coming into it and bringing that hardship back to you. And you're trying to battle that. You're trying to keep moving, but you're trying to figure out how do I do this on a daily basis? What was amazing too is through that, what I saw in, in you was um, that, I mean, the thing is you see Laura and she's always smiling, right? She's always smiling, always happy. And, um, and she is, she's, that's who she is here is who she is at home. But well, you don't see some, there's, there's some weeks she's been here and she's put on the good face as best she can, then gone home and just literally collapsed. And, but what I've watched you through all of that is you never, ever have blamed God Yeah. through that whole process. Never blame God. Yeah. Um, you just kind of have this attitude. I'm going to keep moving. Yeah. And well, cause he's not the blame. I mean, we, live, and we have to be reminded, we live in a broken world. I mean, we know that the Garden of Eden happened. The Garden of Eden is not anymore. And what the enemy did there is he, he stopped the goodness from happening and it being God's world. And so what can happen is you can blame God, but why? It's not God. God is a good God. He's a great God. And so he's going to bring good to me. And so I have to keep reminding myself, and I refuse to blame God for something he didn't do. See, the, Elizabeth was unable, and when you are unable, God is able. Wherever yeah. you are unable, yes. God yes. is able. If you feel unable, God is able. I'm going to keep saying it until you give him some <laughs> praise for that today. Yes. Come on, our yes. God is able when I am unable. Like, listen, this is what uh, Elizabeth said said about her. She's, uh, they're unable, but if you look at Paul, Paul, if anybody ever felt unable, it was the Apostle Paul. Man, he was in prison. He was waiting to be released. If anybody was waiting, it was him, and he wrote this to the Ephesian church in Ephesians 3.20. He said this, now all glory to God. Come on, say this with me, church. Who Who is able? who is able through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ever ask or think. When I am unable, he is able. In other words, like, he is my hope when all hope is gone. Like, he is my strength when I am sitting on the bathroom floor and I can't get up and I am unable. He is able like when my world has been rocked and I don't know how this is going to turn around I don't know if good is ever going to come of it in that moment he is my confidence yes he is my rock he is my redeemer and he is my friend can you give him some praise for that today yes that's yes. our God amen yeah that's yeah. who he is yes it is he who he is and we can't you know we when we look at God we can't love him, ba- we have to love God based on who he is, 
not on what he does. So if I base my love on what he does, then I say, well, I have this pain, so, you know, he's not doing anything about it. But we base our love for God because he's God, because that's who he is. He is love. But then I say, you know what, I don't base it, though, on when he does something for me. I, I can tell you that when I was sitting on that bathroom floor, I was like, even if this darkness never lifts off of me, even if, no matter what, I will still love you. I will still follow you. I will still serve you because I knew he would walk me out, and I trusted he would walk me out of that dark place. And this was Zachariah and Elizabeth. This was who they were. I mean, it says that they were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey the Lord. So what they were saying was, even if I don't have a child, I'm going to be righteous. I'm going to do the right thing. Even if I don't have a child, I'm going to obey God. This is like decade after decade. This is, this is decade crazy. after decade. They're still saying, no, I will serve you. Yeah. I don't have a kid. I'm still going to serve you. Yeah. I'm in my 30s. I'm still going to serve you. I'm in, my, I'm, I'm in my early 40s now, God. If I could get pregnant, but if I do, it might not be great. And then she's into her, we don't actually know how old she was, but I mean, she is, she's getting older and she realizes, but she says, I will mm-hmm. still serve you. Well, and the disappointment, they, they push through the disappointment and we see that they, they push through the pain of not having a child, of not being able to conceive, of not being able to have a son or a daughter and the humiliation of that. You know, we know that, you know, if you have someone in your family or a close friend, you know that pain that if they... If when they can't have a child, you watch that, the pain you see on their face, you, the hardship of that. Um, but like back in that time, like that time where the culture was so different with women, I mean, that was her value. She had no value. She was supposed to produce children. That's what women in Elizabeth time, in that culture, in that time and place in history, that's what they were supposed to do. And she was not able to do that. But the word says that she still obeyed God and that she was still counted righteous toward God. I remember when I was not in ministry, but I was in radio and uh, our, we'd already had a child and, and our oldest son was about five and we said, okay, now it's time for us to, we're going we're gonna to try to have another child. I was super stoked about the trying part. And uh, can I get an amen from the men? Come on, somebody. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> but, but, no, we were excited about having another child. And Well, I had always wanted to be a mom since I was a little girl. That was my dream. And so having Stephen was our oldest was so sweet, and I oh, I just love being a mom. And so when the time came, we think we you know he was five. We were like, yeah, we're gonna have a baby. This is so cool. And so I went down. I I got a pregnancy test, and I I took the pregnancy test, and it was positive. And I remember I never called you years ago. He was in radio, and at that time uh, he was on Z one hundred four point five. And I had called you on the air, which I never did. 
And I was so excited. I was like, I'm pregnant. So I was like, who is this? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're a bum. So, like, you know, every good media person, he totally takes advantage of it. And so he pops on the air, like, hey, I think you even put me on the air that day. Uh, and, you know, announced to like 100,000 people that I'm pregnant, you know, and live over the radio. And so um, some time it went by, and it was time for my first appointment to go in to my OBGYN. So I went in, did the first preliminary uh, uh, pregnancy test, and um, he came back and uh, said I was not pregnant. It came out. Uh, negative so that pregnancy test was wrong the first one so then I had to call Brad and tell him that was really bad and then it was so embarrassing to have to tell you know people on the air and stuff that I wasn't pregnant and I, I was just overwhelmed you know emotionally as a woman you get like that but I was overwhelmed and upset mostly because I really wanted a baby. And um, I remember one day I was sitting at the table and Stephen had come up and he'd gotten out of kindergarten that day. And he was just like, you know, I, w I was, you know, as women, you, you like try to cry, not cry. And that makes it worse. So then you really cry and it's real ugly, you know. And, uh, so I was trying not to cry. So I'm like, ah. and so he comes up to me and he's like, oh. Mama, please stop crying, please. And he's like, when Jesus wants you to have a baby in your belly, you will. And I was like, well, yeah, of course. It was so sweet. And I just remember after that, just waiting. You know, it just seems like when you're waiting to get pregnant, it's just like every day seems like a, a week. And every week sounds feels like a month. And it just feels long when you're waiting on something. Um, but I actually ended up pregnant like six weeks later. And so it was like, I really, I didn't have very long to wait, but it felt like forever. Yeah, and it's just goofy because we look back and we're like, it was six weeks. Come on, people. It's six weeks. Yeah. But if you're waiting on something, doesn't six weeks oh feel like six decades? Because you never know when the breakthrough is going to come. Right. So here's Elizabeth. She's disappointed. But what I love about Elizabeth is she was not, her identity wasn't wrapped up in being called mom. Her identity was wrapped up and found in being called righteous in God's eyes. Like, mm -hmm. here's the thing. Our identity can't be wrapped up in what you're waiting for. Right. Because that's just going to leave you disappointed, yeah. frustrated, angry, bitter, na you name it. I mean, it's yeah. going to leave nothing but a whole bunch of questions in, in your life. And our identity has to be found in Christ and in Christ alone because only in Christ, only is he unwavering, only is God unchanging. That's yes. what the prophet Malachi, if you go back to the Old Testament in the book of Malachi, God says this. He says, I am the Lord, and come on, say this with me. What? I do, do not, not change. change. God yeah. is yeah. unchanging. 
unchanging. Yes. Yes. I, I am secure in him and only in him. Yes. Everything else in this world is up for grabs and up for debate, and I don't know how it's all going to work out. But I know how it's going to play out with Jesus. I know I can find hope in him. I know, listen, the world can't give me hope. The world can't heal my soul. The world can't give me peace. The world has no purpose for me. But guess what? In Jesus, it is always satisfied. I am always secure in him. And that's really, yes, I was what I was looking for that night, is I was looking for that unchanging word. Like I was just so desperate. I just needed for him to speak. I needed that security and that unchanging word from him because he's so powerful to work through our situations. Listen to this story. Go back to the story. It's Zechariah in, in the temple. In verse 13, it says, the angel said this, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Now, now hang on a second here, because Zechariah, if you read on, he's like, dude, I'm old, and my wife is old. My wife is well along in years. <laughs> <laughs> Wise man. Smart awesome. man right there, you know. You know he got with Luke on this. Hey, when you write this down, dude, you can say I'm old. But if you, for my wife, just you say she was well along. That's, that's just great advice. But listen, they, they had not prayed this. He had not prayed this prayer in a long, long time. What you need to know is this. God hears every prayer. He, yes, he hears does. your prayers. There's no such thing as a wasted prayer. There's no such thing as wasted years with God. In fact, John says in Revelation 5, 8, he, he says that our prayers are placed into bowls in heaven. How incredible is that? Your prayers, that you're praying, even if you stop praying, God has got them in a bowl in heaven. Yeah. And in the right time, in the right season, he just pours out that favor. Have you ever noticed, like, where you prayed about something a long time ago, and all of a sudden, things just start to click. Things Like, favor just begins to come, and you're like, I'm not even doing anything, but it's because God's timing and his season and his plan is ready, and you are getting to receive that favor from him, and it's, it's a beautiful place to be at when that just comes upon you, and you're like, wow, this is really working. Here's what we all do. Now is my season. Oh, oh. God, hello, yeah. now is yeah. my season. Yeah. If Zachariah and Elizabeth had played that card, God, now is my season. And God said, okay. They would have missed out yeah. on one of the greatest blessings in all of human history. Like, they, they were the parents of John the Baptist. Now, now, you may not know who John the Baptist is, but let me give you just a quick overview who this guy is. In the Old Testament, there's these prophecies about the Messiah who was going to come, that Jesus is going to come. And it said that there would be this messenger, and this messenger would proclaim the coming of the Messiah. You know who that person was? John the Baptist. Yeah. If they had received that promise decades earlier, they would have not received the blessing of being the parents of John the Baptist and seeing, oh, this is what the waiting was about. Yeah. Oh, now is there is a right season when God will unfold those things for you. Jesus and John the Baptist, they were cousins. They grew up together. Think about this for just a second. Listen, they, even though they've gotten the, the promise and she has the child, she has, still has no idea 
what her son's going to grow up and be. Can I tell you this, moms? Can I just tell you, mom, if you got that two-year-old that's driving you crazy, that 12-year-old's driving you crazy, or that 22-year-old is driving you crazy. She waited till John the Baptist was 30, and then boom, oh, that's his destiny. Yeah. Do you know God is not necessarily going to birth? He's birthed that destiny, but he doesn't bring it out, and he doesn't put it out, the purpose of your child, when they're two necessarily. Right. It might right. not come right. until yeah. they're 30. Yeah. And that's why you got to keep praying. you got to keep moving yeah. through your season that yes. you're in. Right, write this down. There's a process to the promise. There's a process to the promise. Don't despise the process. Lean into the process. Well, because for them, God was setting up historically the redemption power of mankind. But yet we still have a mom waiting on a baby. She did not know what the process was and how powerful and how amazing it would be. And, you know, it's Mother's Day. I always think of my grandma on Mother's Day. Um, if you guys have heard me ever talk about her, she was the one that was the gardener, and she had a big flower garden, and um, she had grapes. And I just remember being a little kid, and every year, Grandma would just call every family member to her house when the grapes were ripe. And we would all start this, like, whole big, long weekend where everybody would divide and conquer. We, some of us, we would, like, get in and we would, like, pick the grapes. And once they were picked, then my brother and I were the oldest grandkids at the time. So we would wash our feet, and then they would get us in on stomping the grapes, you know. And uh, we'd go in the kitchen, and they'd have these big pans, and they had them just real hot, and like the like the... It was like a sauna in there. Like the steam is going up, and they had these like galvanized um, colanders, and then they had this like wooden press. They would have the grapes down inside, and they would just press and press, and that heat would go, and heat, like it had to be at the right time. And so at that, then after that, we would grandma would pull out all our mason jars, and then they would we would put the uh, what well, she was making juice, and she was making grape jam, and she put them in the uh, mason jars, and then she'd put the lid on them. Okay, but then. And for some of you guys, you may know this, if your grandmother can, there's this time that you have to wait in between to be able to open it and get grape juice or grape jam. And so she would take them down to a cellar, uh, actually looked a lot like the Wizard of Oz cellar, like it's underground, you know. And so she'd take them down, put them in there. And then when the appointed time came, Grandma would go in the cellar, and she'd pull those mason jars out, and she'd open up those lids, and I remember just pouring out that uh, mason jar full of, of grape juice. Oh, the best grape juice in the whole world. It was awesome. But if you had told us, if you told Grandma, <laughs> my Grandma, uh, and when we were standing there picking the grapes, uh, well, we want the grape juice now. She'd have been like, I don't know what she'd have said at that point. But she, she knew because she had did it before that this was going to be a process. 
And just like us, when we go through something, we have to understand there is going to be a process. If you want something beautiful, you got you got to go through that that process. Like you're talking about when you're talking about you and your brother stomping those grapes. You ever feel like that? Like you're being stomped on. That's how I felt on that bathroom floor. I felt like life was just stomping all over me. And what I didn't realize is that it's through that stomping that God was birthing and bringing out something beautiful in my life. And you have to stay focused in the stomping period yes. and in the, in, in the middle of the process. You have to stay focused that God is good. Can you say that with me? God, God is good. good. He is a good God. And listen, look what it says in verse 23. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. And soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant. So think of what this was like. Zechariah's coming. He's like, hey, honey, I'm home. And she's like, oh, how was it at the temple? How did things go? And he's like, funniest thing. You're not going to believe what God said to me. And she's like, well, what did God say? Well, he said, you know, and we got to, you know. And she's like, really? So that's how you're going to play that? <laughs> God told you? Now, wait a uh, minute. He, he, <laughs> he can't talk. So that's true. Because that's part of the story. Yeah, so he probably yeah. vacuumed. That's what he did. He just vacuumed. He was doing the dishes, yeah. you know, yeah. putting out the vibe. He, um, he, he turned the dishwasher <laughs> on right when she yeah. walked by. So, guys, just, just you try that tonight. Just like, you know, God spoke to me this morning, honey, in the service, and he was saying, you know, all right, maybe not. Okay. But here's the, is it, this, this is crazy, right? They're old. They got yeah. doubts. They got questions. Yeah. But they trusted God. They walked it out in faith. You're, you're going to have doubts. You're going to yeah. have questions. It may seem crazy, but you got to keep moving. Yes. Come on, say yes. that with me. you got to keep, keep moving. Because after decades of waiting, yeah. decades yeah. of waiting and forgetting, even forgetting about the prayers, Elizabeth receives the promise. Yeah, I love this in verse 25. It's just like, I almost feel like at times she almost sings it because she is so happy. Um, Elizabeth says, or it says, how kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. I can't imagine for her what that must have felt like. To be older, it to be crazy, like she, like it was over. That, that was over. But it wasn't over, and it never is over when God's in it. Think of it this way. His grace removes every disgrace. Yes. His grace removes every disgrace. Now, what, what does that mean? Like some of you, I, I mentioned dead a few times. Like you're like. I don't want anybody, if anybody knew, like, all my credit card debt and all the stupid I've done, I'm just, it's embarrassing. His grace, lean into his grace. Keep moving, keep trusting in him that he's going to remove that disgrace. Whatever, you've got an addiction you're dealing with, you're like, ah, people knew that I was doing that. And we come in here and we act all pretty and awesome and everything's great and we fake it and try to make everything okay because it's disgraceful. I don't want people to know that this is what I'm dealing with. Lean into his grace. Yeah. 
Keep moving and trust him to remove that disgrace with his grace. Well, and for some of you ladies, for it being Mother's Day, um, you know, maybe your kids, you know, it's embarrassing what they're doing. Um, and it's hard because it almost feels like a reflection on you. And that could be one of those things that are really hard on a mom and a dad. But it's hard on a mom because you can't do anything about it, especially when they're grown. You would if you could, right? But I believe that God wants to take that disgrace off of you. That's, that's from the pit of hell. God wants grace upon you, and especially on a day like today, on Mother's Day. He wants to take what the enemy meant for bad, and he wants to make it good again. You know, maybe, maybe even for moms, we've done, made some poor choices or we've made some really bad decisions. And we feel that disgrace. But God wants to lift that off of you today.